2: Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. This week, we're going to talk once again about notes, but we're going to go into it from a different angle. We're going to talk about uh, things that are a little deeper, give you some more information, help you learn to earn. On with me, we've got Paige Panzerello, the cashflow chick. Paige, are you with me?
1: I am, Tyler. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks so much for having me again.
2: We are going to talk, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of housekeeping for us before we get started here and uh, remind you that on our Facebook group, and you can access that by going to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That link will be in the show notes. So if you look at your mobile device or whatever, you'll see that link in in the show notes, cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That is a great way to join our Facebook community. And if you join that community, you will see some links coming up on free webinars we'll be doing that will help. It'll be like a Q&A or a town hall type meeting, where if you have questions about real estate investing, things that we might talk about on the Ask Tyler uh, opportunities that I put out, you can get those questions answered live on video in a group setting. We're going to be covering things like seller financing, how to raise private capital. We're going to get into doing notes, uh, all kinds of good stuff will be coming up on that. Those will be free of charge. So if something like that interests you, make sure you join our Facebook community so you are notified uh, when that comes up. If for some reason you're not on Facebook and you'd rather just be notified by email, just go to cashflowguys.com forward slash register. That'll get you on my email list. I don't have uh, the time, the energy, or the desire to spam you, so the only information coming over is telling you what's going on with us and the good stuff that we've got coming for you, new training opportunities, things like that will be coming over via email. I'm not gonna take any more of this episode talking about what we're doing, at least what I'm doing. Now I wanna talk about what we're doing, Paige. That involves you. <laughs> I wanna do a little it recap. Does. A little recap over what we talked about last time about notes. And I wanna some of the people may not have caught that episode, so just maybe a brief mm-hmm. overview on what is a note. We'll start right there.
1: That's a great place to start and and Tyler, for those that I do want to say this. Those that didn't hear that last episode, after this episode, they may want to go back and and listen to it because there's some really valuable pieces of information that we touch on there that we're not going to have time to touch on here. So they kind of go hand in hand, but um, great place to start. What are notes? Notes are when you go and you buy a house, as everybody knows, you go to the bank and you take out a loan, unless you pay cash, in which case you won't have a note, you'll have a deed. Uh, but for those of us that don't have the money that can go out and buy their house in cash, they're going to promise to pay the bank. And how they do that is through a promissory note. They will sign a promissory note uh, that says, I'm going to pay you, Mr. Bank, uh, this amount of money over this amount of time at this interest rate. Now, that's great, it's a promise to pay, but you have to attach it to the house. And how that happens is either via a deed of trust or a mortgage; those two pieces of paper go hand in hand, um, and it just depends on the state that you live in, whether it's called a deed of trust or a mortgage, um, and that is what co- co- gives the house as collateral to your to the bank to your promise to pay. So if you don't pay, the bank is going to come and take your house.
2: Is that when yes? you, is that when you hear the bad boys, bad boys, what you're going to do, theme? <laughs>
1: Not quite. It's not quite that traumatic but but it is very traumatic to lose your house when you can't pay or if you're in a situation where, you know, something has happened in your life and you can't pay. So um, you know, that's where we kind of step in.
2: So let's touch in let's touch again on the non performing part of that. Like I think you've already started down that road, but when someone's not paying, (laughs) why in the heck and I'll never forget the conversation when he started talking (laughs) to me this a while back let's get into non-performing notes I'm like what have you lost your mind let's, <laughs> let's go to, <laughs> let's talk about that because I think about that's pretty much what I said didn't it
1: <laughs> you did you did and and actually um, we like non-performing notes because it gives us a variety of different exit strategies more than that um, when you buy a non-performing note when we go to the to the bank or the asset manager or the hedge fund to buy the non-performing note we are able to get a much deeper discount because it's not performing um, if the bank has a note that is performing, meaning somebody is already paying on their mortgage, why on earth would they give it up? Um, they do, but your yield and, and, and the, the profit potential is significantly less because you've already got a borrower that is performing on their mortgage or their deed of trust um, or on that note. So when we buy non-performing, we get a much deeper discount, and we have about 23 different exit strategies that we have at our disposal to, to uh, work that note and exit that note, as opposed to just one or two. Now, we generally only focus on about four, but we do have 23 at our disposal. So it gives us a lot of wiggle room in terms of what we need or can or want to do with that note.
2: I like wiggle room because I'm too old for major mistakes these days. i got to keep my mistakes minimal. <laughs>
1: you and me both i'm way
2: too old to be peeing away my retirement on on silly stuff so yeah that's exactly that's the beauty folks of of a lot of these notes is that we have so many options at our disposal we've got i mean it can go on and on and on the different ways we can get out of this situation exit perform an exit strategy get our money back Mm -hmm. get our profit Mm -hmm. move on to the next deal that's what's cool about it so you know, mm-hmm. now that we're into this, let's talk a little bit about our latest pool of notes that we just purchased. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to be honest; I've been out of touch a little bit. I started doing the coaching program, and I give been giving my all to my students, and I've been a little out of touch as far as the whole, entire every detail. And I, because I obviously trust Paige, and <laughs> she leads the team. How are we doing?
1: We're doing great. Um, we, our latest pool we just bought. Uh, in Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Missouri, North Carolina, Illinois, Alabama, and Nebraska. So we have quite a diverse, diversification there between judicial and non-judicial foreclosure states. Um, but we're doing great. We've got a couple of, of the notes that have already we've been in contact through our, through our debt servicing company uh, and we are able to get some deed and lose. The borrower wants to do a deed and or foreclosure uh we have one short sale going on we've got two that are actually already reperforming so we're really in a great place um with with these pools that we've been buying um and going along this year it's been tremendous
2: did we get the note in memphis by the way i forgot to ask you that.
1: um we did get the note in memphis and Yay. uh three uh, three others behind it so uh we're doing great
2: nice good, good. yeah because i got i got plans for those <laughs> Talk to you about that I know afterwards. You do. <laughs> all kinds of good things happening in Memphis, folks. There's all kinds of good things happening in Memphis. Little side side note there. You know, when you're investing in, in in a market, I don't care if it's the market you live in or a market across the country, pay attention to what's going on in the marketplace. I get my mentor, Jay Massey. He taught me to to focus on the news. You know, clues in the news. That's something that comes from uh, the real estate guys. They also talk about that. So I subscribe to the Memphis newspapers via email and I get little emails from time to time and things that's going on and a certain company just applying for a $9 million permit to do a major development in the Memphis area, which is going to mean lots of jobs, big boost to the economy, great time to be a landowner in Memphis. And let me tell you, I own a lot of dirt in Memphis, so I'm quite tickled pink about that. Everybody else can turn their nose up at it. I'm excited. So I want to talk about uh, the, you know, as an investor, how can you make money buying a non-performing note? This is something I get questioned a lot about, and I know you're pretty good at answering this because it can be somewhat of a, a complex answer. But I thought we would kind of hit a the ten thousand yard view of how do you actually make money buying a non-performing note.
1: Okay. No, that's a great question because, again, you know, you hear that non-performing part of it and you think, wow, if they're not paying it, there's no money in it. Not true at all. Actually, that's our biggest opportunity for to be able to profit and help people. And, you know, we discussed that before, Tyler, that a lot of these people are upside down, not for their own fault. You know, they've either lost their job or they've had a medical condition, but now they're in a better place, And they, but they're so far behind that they, they want to keep their house, and we're in a great position to do that. So... That being said, buying a non-performing note, again, I touched on it a little little while ago, but we are really able to buy these from the banks at a big discount, um, largely because the bank, it costs the bank quite a bit of money to pursue any kind of foreclosure action. They just have too many on their books, et cetera. So we are able to to step in, buy them at a much bigger discount, and then start working them through, um, which gives us a huge cushion. Uh, for for return and, and profit potential.
2: Awesome. You know, I wanna I going to go ahead and turbocharge this episode. I wanna get to. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm not trying to rush to the end, but I wanna really get to the part that's sexy that makes me excited. I wanna get into the numbers. If you don't mind, can we go over <laughs> some of the numbers? Absolutely. I would love to. Lately, now I don't wanna, folks. You know, to some degree, we like to keep our our finances to ourselves. And, uh, but yeah. we are going to talk about some of the gross profit margins. And keep in mind, what the numbers that we're going to talk about, these are not everyday examples. Some of them are better. Some of them are worse. We're just going to talk about some of the stuff that we've done lately. And we don't want you to think here, and Paige, I'm sure you will reinforce this. We don't want you to think that notes, like any form of real estate investing, it is not a get-rich-quick. This is not no. for the faint of heart. There is risk although it's diminished risk because of the steps that we take with our due diligence there is still risk so don't think that you know you're gonna go out run right out and buy a note off some website and you're gonna make the kind of uh the proceeds and returns that we're able to make we've been doing this a long time we've got a Mm -hmm. very well-oiled machine uh doing the due diligence and a great team in place that's helping us do that these are the things that's making us successful so with that said, when you get excited, if you're driving a car, pull over and write these numbers down because they are kind of exciting and <laughs> tend to – I think the first time we really started going through some of our numbers, I about wrecked my truck and because uh, I was busy <laughs> looking up, dreaming about what I was going to do next. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get into the numbers here. Let's talk about that. Let's, work, let's talk about where we're at.
1: Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right, Tyler. There's, you know, there's obviously no guarantee ever in any investment. And every note is different. Um, so we'll have different exit strategies. But the numbers I'm about to talk about are very doable. Um, we do them every day, every week. Um, but, you know, of course, there's never any guarantee, like you said. So that being said, I'm going to try and keep this uh, fairly simple. Um, as I mentioned, we generally will employ about four different exit strategies when we will look at and evaluate a note. And if we, don't make, uh, the, if we don't have the potential of making money at every single position or exit strategy, then we won't buy it, okay? We need to know that no matter what the outcome, there's going to be some profit for us at the end. And those four exit strategies are short sale, deed in lieu, foreclosure, and reperforming. Okay, now short sale, pretty much everybody knows if you owe $100,000, but the bank agrees to take $80,000 if you sell the house, that's shorting the sale. That's shorting the amount of money that you owe to the bank. Deed in lieu of foreclosure may not be as well known. That is, when the, when the borrower says to us, I, don't, I can't afford to stay in the house, but I don't want a foreclosure on my record, I will sign over the deed or my interest in this property to you, Mr. Bank, meaning us, as payment in full for the amount that I owe. So that's called a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Then of course there's foreclosure, everybody knows what that is. And then there's reperforming when we are actually able to work with the borrower and be able to get them to reperform and start and and start paying on their mortgage and the arrearage that they owe, okay? My, my
2: personal favorite.
1: Yes, all of ours. <laughs> because it's also very gratifying, you know, we're really able to help people that that have not been able or that the banks have ignored and not helped. So, that's really gratifying, and we can make some great money doing it. All right. So that being said, historically, um, out of every pool of notes, about a third of them we can get to reperform. A third of them will end up in short sale or deed in lieu, and a third of them will end up in foreclosure. Now, the two that take anywhere between eight to 12 months are the reperformance and the foreclosure. The difference between the two of them is that the reperformance will will, ha- will have a little chunk of money and some cash flow every month. In the foreclosure, if it's a judicial foreclosure stage, it'll take 8 to 12 months. It'll take 5 to 6 months if it's non-judicial, okay? We will still make a profit, but there's not going to be any monthly cash flow. And then, of course, the short sale and the deed in lieu will take anywhere from 2 to 5 months. Now, that becomes important because a little later down the line I'm going to describe, you know, kind of how we can kind of re-roll those funds in a, in a year's period of time. So, let's say, are you still with me, Tyler? I am.
2: I'm, I'm just dreaming about cash flow. Sorry.
1: I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of some of the notes we've done lately. I'm
2: like, yeah, I'm getting a new trailer for the kayaks, okay. and yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, in this example, let's say that we buy a note that the borrower has bought the house several years back for eighty thousand dollars. That was the original. Um, the or let's say it's. 85000 and they were only able to pay $5,000 down in the principal, okay? They're at an 8% interest rate, um, and they stopped paying. So they've got an unpaid balance right now of $80,000 on their house. They have $10,000 in arrearage because they stopped paying three or four years ago. So they have a total debt of $90,000, all right? That's pretty. It's, it can be pretty hefty and overwhelming for people. Oh, now, yeah. that, same, that same house, Now is only worth $60,000. So now they're really underwater because they owe 90, but it's only worth 60. Okay? Um, So what we do, because they're non-performing, we will come in and approach the bank, and generally we will buy anywhere between 46 and 60% of current market value okay so because we're talking numbers and and it's not a visual thing this is it's a podcast so i'm going to use really easy math and use 50% so that same house that the borrower owes 90,000 we are going to buy for $30,000 pretty nice discount right not too shabby. okay now there's also some costs that we work out because we do hire a debt servicing company we talked about that a little bit last time there are some due diligence costs that we talked about last time so we generally anticipate about $5,000 in workout costs um, across the board, and then we add in if there's any delinquent taxes, we'll add that on top. But for this scenario, we're into this for $35,000. This note that the borrower owes $90, we are into it for $35,000. Okay? So there's a lot of working room there. Sure. Now, in our short sale, um scenario. Now remember the four different exit strategies I talked about, we always know that we're going to make we project that we're going to make money at every level, okay? Some is a little bit more than others, but at every level we'll make money. So in this scenario, let's say the borrower has a buyer for us for $55,000. Okay? Now again, they owe us 90. But we bought the note for 30,000 plus workout, so if we're into it for 35. So in a two- to five-month turn, we're able to, if we agree to the $55,000 short sale, we've now made what? $20,000. Yep. In in two- to five months. Not a bad return, right? No, not at all. Okay. Did we swing a hammer?
2: Not one bit. Did we have to put a bandit sign out front? Can I get an amen on that one?
1: Amen. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So let's go through a couple of the others deed in lieu or, and or foreclosure. Now, oftentimes when when the borrower is in the home and in the short sale, they're generally keeping the house up a little bit better than perhaps somebody that's going through the foreclosure process, has been in the foreclosure process, or has vacated the house. Um, there's any number of things that can, can happen. So sometimes the houses need a little bit of repair, okay? Um, so for the deed in lieu and the foreclosure scenario, we give a little bit bigger discount. So let's say that for in this same scenario, this same borrower that owes $90,000 has left. The, the copper bandits have come in, and they've taken some, some of the piping, um, and we and we have to sell this to a fix-and-flipper. Or same thing with the deed and They vacated it. The borrower, we contact the borrower, and the borrower says, no, nope, I, I don't want to go back in. I, I'm willing to sign over the house to you. But the house is not as maintained. So we're going to give a little bit bigger discount on that house. So let's say we're able to sell that property. We take we take it over either via deed in lieu or foreclosure, and we're able to sell it to a fix and flipper for forty seven thousand dollars. Okay. We're into it for thirty five, so that's a twelve thousand dollar net return, right. right? Okay. Now that's going to happen between two and twelve months, depending upon whether it's a deed in lieu or a foreclosure, and if it's a foreclosure, whether it's a non judicial foreclosure state, it'll be shorter. If it's a judicial foreclosure state, it'll be a little longer time frame. Okay, make sense?
2: Yep, total sense.
1: Okay, awesome. And then to our favorite, the reperforming. Okay, oh, yes. this is where we get to help people. <laughs> okay, that same borrower, again, I said that they owe us $90,000. We've bought the note, and we're, we have some workout costs set aside for thirty five. This borrower is at an 8% interest rate, which makes their payment about $587 a month. Okay. In the reperformance, we go to them and we say, they say to us, yes, I really want to stay in my house, my kids love their school, their friends are all here, but I owe so much money and, I, and the house isn't worth that much and I just don't know how to get out of this. If they are a qualified buyer, we will work with them. And when I say qualified, if they haven't filed you know, bankruptcy four times, if they haven't had loan modifications three times and still not performed, you know, we want to know that our borrowers that we're working with and able to help are actually legitimately going to perform, okay? And that's an important piece. So in the reperformance scenario, we will go to them and we will say, okay, you have to have a little skin in the game because you haven't been paying for two or three years now. So we're going to require a reinstatement fee. Generally, that will be anywhere between three and five months worth of payments. So, for this scenario, let's use um, just a few. So, let's say two thousand dollar reinstatement fee. Believe it or not, most borrowers will be able to come up with with a couple thousand dollars if they want to stay in their house. Right. That's correct. <laughs> okay. That so part now- I gotta say
2: that that part I was shocked at. I figured, well, if they haven't been paying their mortgage, of course they're not gonna have they're not gonna want want to give up one penny. But here's the thing, guys. If they're motivated to stay in the house, they don't have a problem coming up with the money. I can assure you that.
1: That's right. That's right. They'll borrow it from their family member. They'll they'll sell a car. That whatever it takes to stay in their house to come up with that reinstatement fee, they will. And it's worked beautifully. Um, now we will also modif- We're open to modifying the payment if they can't afford their five hundred and eighty-seven dollar a month payment. We will get them to a place that they can afford. So let's say for this, for instance, an in easy math. That they can only for afford four hundred dollars a month. Okay, so what we will do is we will make these modifications not in a formal modification, but in a forbearance agreement, and that protects us because that way, we we haven't given up what is due us in the note, but we're agreeing to allow them the opportunity to change it. Okay, so we will we will waive certain things and tack tack on the the difference in payment to the uh, to the back end of the note through a forbearance agreement, all right? Yep. Now, if, if they start performing, so so again, we've gotten the $2,000 reinstatement fee. They start performing at $400 a month, um, and how we motivate them to continue to pay that $400 a month is by wiping out that arrearage. So remember I said they they had an unpaid balance of $80,000. we are now wiping out $10,000 in rearage that they owe. We don't care because we didn't pay for that. We paid $35,000 for this note, and it helps the borrower. So we will tell them, if you pay the first four to six months, we'll wipe out half. So we're going to wipe out five grand, right?
0: That's where
2: you start losing you pay this...
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, it's okay, because I'm going to show you how we make, we make money on this. And it helps them, and it motivates them, and they're, you know, gaining some confidence back in being able to k- keep their home, which is great. They're not feeling as scared. Um, then if they pay the second four to six months, then we'll wipe it all out. So now we're back down to an $80,000 unpaid balance, okay? Again, the house is still only worth 60000 There's still quite a cushion there, a big difference there.
0: Yes, there
1: is. So, so we have a decision, though, at the end of 10 months. So we've now got the $2,000 reinstatement fee. We've got, we're going to call it 10 months for easy math um, of the $400 a month payment. So that's $4,000. So we're in, we've gotten $6,000 of our $35,000 back. Now this borrower qualifies. There's a government program out there that will actually refinance out our loan at 97.5% of current fair market value. Current fair market value for this house is $60,000. So 97.5% of that is $58,500. So now we've grossed $64,500. If you subtract our $35,000 that we've put into it, we've now netted $29,500 on a $35,000 purchase price. Just about
2: doubling our money.
1: Just about. Did we have tenants? Did we have toilets? If the air conditioning broke, who did who did our borrower call?
2: Not our problem. That's who they that call Right. Me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And we had a healthy return, and we've helped somebody to stay in their house with their kids in the same school and and their friends in the same neighborhood, and that is why we do this.
2: Well, here's the cool thing, and and this these numbers continue working like this, no matter mm-hmm. what the mortgage costs. So. On a $500,000 mortgage, the ratios are the same. So you can start doing the math in your head to figure out
0: sure.
2: there's some pretty healthy profit margins there, folks. Uh, these are huge. Again, sure. these are, this, is, this is something that you need to do lots of homework on. You don't run out and buy it yeah. off a website because nobody's really doing any due diligence there. And if you're not experiencing the due diligence, that's something that you're going to have to either figure out how to do or partner up with somebody. That can do it. We are currently uh, talking to investors on a case-by-case basis about doing this. So if you have interest in this and you're thinking about it and you want to ask some questions, you want to learn about it, reach out to us. You can go directly to uh, Paige's website at cashflowchick.com. Make an appointment, get us both on the phone, and we'll have a conversation if you are prepared to do something about these notes. But Paige, I want to talk about, let's say, for example, you were I was a everybody knows I was a flipper a long time ago. Re- <laughs> I'm still a recovering flipper. I don't do it anymore. You were not only a flipper but you were a builder too. So you've got it worse I than was. I do. Walk me yep. through what you could do with say I don't know hundred grand uh, versus uh rehabilitate me. I'm 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 on that that I call it flip crack. I'm on that flip heroin flip, <laughs> flip crack. But man, I got to go to Home Depot and buy some tile because that's that's a blast unloading that tile. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> Said no one ever. So
1: much. <laughs> there's so much truth to that, Tyler. <laughs> I say that
2: because we just bought a load of a load of tile. Quick segue. But of course, mm-hmm. we had the forklift loaded at the tile store, and and we're here at one of our properties, and the, the contract, the tile contractor is like looking at the pile, and it sat there in the back of the truck, and he and I think he was expecting me to unload it. I'm thinking you you don't really think I'm going to unload that tile, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, are you a silly uh, little man.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: I got stuff oh, to do. Oh the
0: days. You
1: actually just just gave me a little bit of heartburn, honestly, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I'm going for a manicure. <laughs> <don't>, that story. <laughs>
2: I don't touch tile anymore. That's a dirty word. No, 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 no. But mm-hmm. seriously, I've got 100 grand. I call up Paige. I want to do something. I just did a nice flip. I'm the one guy on the planet that actually made 100,000 on a flip net. <laughs> and I'm just worn out. My thumbnails are broken from getting smacked with hammers. What can mm-hmm. I How does what does it look like? compare it for me.
1: Okay. Well, um, if we can if we can go to 105, uh if you have some reserves there, Tyler, then that would be a little easier math um, to k- kind of talk about the scenarios that we just talked about and I will be able to point a bigger picture for you um you know, paint a bigger money. picture for you. So, so can we talk about 105 instead sure, of 100? So, okay.
2: I guess I won't All have right. beer money, but that's okay. You go ahead.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, fixing and flipping versus the note investing, that same $100,000, let's say that you are able to locate and find a house for under $100,000 um, and then put rehab costs total, so your total in is $105,000. Now, you're going to agree that all of your eggs are in that basket, that one basket, right? Yep. Okay. Now, most fix-and-flippers are going to consider that a 20% return on a fix-and-flip is great, correct?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, that's that's a great return on a fix-and-flip. Yeah, that's Now, so for that $105,000, that really equates to $21,000. So that's going to be what you're anticipating as your net profit um, if you get a 20% return for that flip. Now, in that same scenario with notes, that same $100,000 is going to be able to buy three notes at the 35000 we talked about earlier just a little while ago. So you're now not in one basket, you're in three baskets, right?
2: Correct, so you're spread out.
1: Okay, right. Now, in terms of those three notes, again, historically, you're going to end up with a third in a reperformance, a third in a short sale of deed-in-lieu, and a third in foreclosure. So in that case, this these three notes at 35000 apiece, one of them is going to have one turn. It's going to be 8 to 12 months in a reperformance. So we figured out that we were going to have a net profit on that one of $29,500. One of them, the other one, is either going to be in a short sale or a deed-in-lieu. So let's, because short sale and deed-in-lieu is two to five months, we can turn that twice in one year, right? Exactly. Okay, so let's take one of each. So that, that second note we have a short sale, which we made a $20,000 profit we discussed earlier. Then we reapplied that money and did it again, and we ended up with another note that ended up in deed and loo. So that, between the two of those, that's an additional $32,000. And then the last one, that last third of the original three, ended up in a foreclosure. So that's eight, let's say it's a judicial foreclosure state, eight to 12 months, $12,000. If you add twenty nine thousand five hundred plus thirty-two thousand plus twelve thousand, that equals seventy-three thousand five hundred dollars. We didn't paint or fix a toilet, and in that same period of time, that's the return that we're looking at, as opposed to twenty-one thousand dollars in a fix and flip.
2: So we're a hundred and five in, all said and done. Mm-hmm. And we're pulling back mm-hmm. out seventy-three plus our hundred and five. Mm-hmm. That's just so you're clear. Well, plus our hundred. Because we're going to have some workout costs and all that, but so we're are back. Well, that's
1: included. Remember, well, the right, thirty five thousand right. includes it. Mm-hmm.
2: So essentially, we're coming back with uh, what one hundred and seventy eight thousand dollars on one hundred and five k initial investment. Not too shabby, Correct. guys. That's
1: not too shabby. <laughs> that's compounding
2: at its greatest. Now that we've covered the difference between the coming as a flipper and, and moving into a, being a note investor and the returns, I want to talk about how it affects. IRA members, and I know the the biggest problem that I see out there in the marketplace is I've got friends of mine that have IRAs, uh, and they've had difficulty in the past when they're trying to be hard money lenders, getting a decent return on their money, not so much as far as earning a return in general, but keeping the money moving. In other words, they mm-hmm. they will invest with, let's say they'll, they'll invest in a, uh, in a flip project, and they'll, they'll give uh, they'll charge 12% to the rehabber. The problem is the rehabber Mm -hmm. takes the money in January and in June, the money's back in the bank. And now they spend the rest of the year looking for a place to play, looking for somewhere to place that money so that that, let's say if it's a 12% annualized return, it really breaks out to a 6% annualized return because it's 1% per month, how they usually structure those short term hard money loans. Yeah. Maybe there's some points on there, but at the end of the day, we're not talking about a huge amount of revenue because the money's not moving. So the advantage is here. And correct me if I'm wrong, page. But the advantage here is that what we do is we keep the money moving all the time. It never sleeps. And when the money never right. sleeps, because like you talked about in, the, in the, your last example, those funds it compounds. We pull out of uh, we complete an exit strategy. We know we have an exit strategy wrapping up. So we're automatically putting the feelers out there to pull the trigger on another note. So yeah. we're we're not. There's no lag time for us. It's out of one into the other. So the returns exactly. just keep compounding and compounding and compounding. And the people that are investing with us that have self-directed IRAs, they're enjoying annualized returns that are realistic, that they're not, there's no gap because that money is constantly performing.
1: Exactly. Exactly, Tyler. And we, um, we work very diligently with our asset managers and the banks that we work with. Um, we are constantly getting tapes. We buy notes every single month, sometimes twice a month. Over and over and over again, um, we, we do not have a shortage of inventory like in fix and flips. Uh, we are able to put that money to work over and over and over again. There's no lag time. Uh, so it, it really is a per- great vehicle for those that have self-directed IRAs that, that are looking to place their money in a constant flow.
2: Constant flow is the key. Idle money is not your friend. you got to keep those soldiers out right. there working, that's for sure. Now, Paige, you've got a class coming up. Um, down you're down there in Southern California, sunny Southern California, where the ocean is absolutely <laughs> freezing cold. I couldn't believe that when I was there. I was like, "Really? Whatever happened to the <laughs> Beach Boys? And everybody's in bikinis and frolicking in the surf, and the water temperature is like 50. What's up with that? It sounds like problems." <laughs> Jeez, gotta come to Florida. The water's like 105. It's awesome. You get a, you get yes. burnt stepping in the Gulf of Mexico. But you've got a class coming up. Let's talk about that real real quick about your class coming up an in person class.
1: I do. It's an in-person live coaching session um, workshop, actually, for two days, um, November 5th and 6th, and it's going to be here in Southern California. And if you're interested, it's going to be 18 hours, two full days, jam-packed, full of information about notes, how to buy them. We're actually going to have a a tape that we we are working with a hedge fund to maybe look at and, if you're interested, uh, bid on um, but it's going to give you all of the, the, the basics of note investing, what to look for, what the pitfalls can be, um, what due diligence is, is so vitally necessary. Um, and it's just one of those events that you, that you don't want to miss uh, if you're interested in note investing, and particularly if you want to do this by yourself. Uh, you just want to learn how to protect yourself. So November 5th and 6th here in Southern California, you can go to cashflowcheck.com. And there will be a link. There's a link. Sorry to um, to sign up and register, and it's just going to be a great event.
2: November fifth and sixth, Southern California. Get on a plane. You want to start making money? I know a lot of you're going to go out there and do this yourself. For the love of God, get some education, please. This yes, please. reach out to Paige and get the education so you don't get spanked. Please don't call us after the fact and say that website didn't tell me that that you know nobody went out to verify that that house even existed. Don't go down that road. <laughs>
1: Please. Speaking about
2: Absolutely. taking action, kind of—I'm going to say it—kicking a little, kicking some ass in real estate investing. Give me mm-hmm. a give me a plug on Wren. You know, Wren we had out there last week on the show. Deborah and Jill did a great job on that episode. Yep, you're involved in. You're a founding member of Wren.
1: I am. I'm. A, I'm very proud and honored to be a founding member of Wren. Uh, I work hand in hand with Deborah. She is a dynamo, rock star woman. Uh, in real estate, and we have an event coming up here in Burbank, California, October 23rd. It's called Ignite Your Fire Within, and this is a cannot-miss, cannot-miss event uh, for women. If, no matter what your level of real estate investing is, whether you're a beginner, whether you're an expert, um, it's going to be, we have a huge panel um, of rock star women that are going to be speaking to us uh, about their various different forms and, and a lot of the struggles that they've gone through and how they overcame it. So it's really uh, to empower, to inspire. Uh, it's a great networking opportunity. So if, if you're in the area, near the area, or just like your wife, Tyler, we're so honored to have her coming from Florida uh, you know get on a plane and come to this event it, you will not be sorry uh we have giveaways it's it, i can't say enough about it i'm so proud uh that that ren is just exploding nationwide
2: I'll be fishing that week it's going to be awesome <laughs> i'm going of course i will be i will be very upset that my wife my lovely wife is gone for the week yeah i will be sad and course. lonely but i'm going to be sad and lonely out on the flats catching trout and snook and redfish and all that good stuff and i'm going to eat all there the things that she won't let me eat when she's here You know, and and it's going to be awesome. I'm just, I feel like a little kid, and mom and dad are gone. It's going to be great. I mean, we're
1: going to take really good care of her, um, and she's going to come back absolutely on fire. You watch.
2: Oh, God. I'm going to, she's probably going to leave a chaperone for me to keep me out of, keep me in line while I'm gone, but, you know, (laughs) if that's possible. So, Paige, thanks for coming out. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach out to Paige, we've said it before, we're going to say it again. Go to cashflowchick.com. See, that rolls off my tongue. Cashflowchick.com. Obviously, this voice it probably doesn't sound the way it, it, it would, but CashflowGuys.com, of course, is us, but Cashflow Chick, that's the easy way to remember it, CashflowChick.com. Reach out, have a conversation with Paige. Besides being a rockstar note investor, Paige is also an experienced contractor, recovering rehabber. She's done <laughs> it all. If Ladies, if you need some inspiration, you want to think, take things to the next level, perhaps you're thinking about opening, wouldn't it be cool if you had your own run chapter in your locality? Well, reach out yep. to Paige, and she can either help you out or put you in touch with the people that can. And we hope to see you back here on next week's show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Tyler. Have a great day. You too. This concludes
0: today's episode. episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.